good to be here. I'm Emily, and um, I'm one of the counselors here, biblical counselors and coordinators of our counseling ministry. It's so good to be with you tonight, and it's my privilege to get to introduce my friend and our speaker, uh, Shauna Van Dyke. So six years ago, I think it was six years ago, uh, my friends Julie and Laura and I traveled down to Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas to meet um, an organization called the Association of Biblical Counselors, and we were kind of the new people in the room, didn't know anybody, but loved the heart of the ministry, and we've been back every year ever since, except this year we joined them online. Anyways, uh, on that journey, we have met um, the leaders of that organization, and one of them is Shauna, our speaker. She is the executive director for the Association of Biblical Counselors. She is a pastor's wife, married to Michael. They have two sons. They live in Keller, right? Keller, Texas. She also is a podcast host for Speak the Truth podcast. Down, download that on your um, on your app so you can listen to that on, on walks and you can continue to hear that sweet Texas accent oh no. that she's going <laughs> to share with us tonight. And she also is a co-founder of Truth Renewed, which is a biblical counseling ministry really similar to what we do here. They provide um, biblical counseling for members of the community for free in that area. And so it is a blessing to have her here. We are like-minded, like-hearted, and mm -hmm. truly sisters in Christ. And I am so glad that she gets to share with our women tonight. So, would Shauna, yeah. would you come up to the stage, and can we welcome her? Good old Texas. Oh, goodness. having me it might my Bible might be too heavy for this stand that's a good thing right a good old Bible who who brought their hard copy Bible all right let's get situated I tried to do some Texas hair for y'all tonight but y'all's weather flattened it out so sorry about that <laughs> I tried to tease it up and get all ready for y'all so Oh, y'all means you all, y'all. So I might have to educate y'all on some Texas lingo. Anybody from down south? Okay. All right. I love that. Y'all even clapped for us. That's awesome. We're considered a dirty state, so everybody stay clear of me, right? Y'all are so clean here. So I was not nervous at all to come to Oregon. So this was actually really exciting to me. I've known I was going to be with you guys for a year now. So I've just been um, anticipating and just like incredibly excited to come and see y'all, not knowing that the conditions of what we were going to, you know, have here. But um, man, you guys have stuck it out. And Pastor Justin, what a shepherd's heart of a pastor to come and say hi to y'all and, and just not have any fear, open up the church, said, let's go. Isn't that incredible? I love that. And the women's team, man, if you, if we all stand up, like the women's team, have y'all thanked them? Thank y'all. I mean, like they have been working so hard, like planning. Uh, and if you're in the other room, you better have stood up. Um, it's, it's just, it's just um, really awesome just to think how God has worked out all the details. Have y'all just stopped to, is my accent really that crazy? Is it really weird? Okay. 
um, all the details that God has worked out, like the, to, for y'all to be here this weekend. We were going to be here last weekend, and then it was postponed for the flood, and then they just told me over lunch that the orders have redone for Wednesday, and if it was next week, Wednesday, y'all wouldn't have been able to do it, and so the Lord has something to say to you. Wouldn't you agree? Like for t- tonight, for tomorrow, this is so exciting. And I don't know if any of y'all watched my video um, from last week when I said, hey, I'm coming. I've been praying and preparing. And I was like, I cannot wait for some good old sister time, some good old koinonia. I actually said koinonia. Did anybody catch that? I made a mistake. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, what's this? You're going to get me a table? That's really fancy. Thank you. Um, So Anyway, so making the mistake of the good old Greek word, do y'all know what koinonia is? It means fellowship, sisterhood, and one of the things that um, Emily didn't mention is I also just started a social media account called Operation Sisterhood because it's very important to me to, um, to create authentic, transparent, raw friendships in the church. Your sisterhood should look completely different than friendships of the world. And so looking at y'all here and, and the way that we fellowship and that we're together um, should just, um, I pray that you're really, really encouraged this weekend and that you miss each other, you know, like when y'all leave each other, your heart, I don't want it to hurt, but it should hurt because that's how much we love each other and want to be with each other. But um, even though I mispronounced that, I told Julie, I was like, are you still going to use that? Like you're getting someone with a Texas accent and an Ar- Arkansas education. So double, double whammy for y'all. So y'all be patient with me. Here's how much your women's ministry team loves you. We actually started with uh, a thing called Walking Worthy. That's what we were going to be talking about this weekend. And because of this year, um, they called me what a little over six weeks ago and said, hey, Shauna, you know, we just know the hearts of our women and where we're going to be when we join together. And would you be open to changing the theme and the verse and everything and so I don't know if y'all know but that is a lot of work and it's very hard so I had to put three new lessons together just for you like this lesson that we talk about this weekend is is, has been written just for you and I have worked really really hard to go to the Lord to say what do you have for them so there might be times that I'm actually reading from my notes that's just because I haven't had time to create slides for you or Um, memorize things in a way but you know what I know that this was the right path of what we should do and um, I pray that you write notes but don't focus on every single word that I say but just what is the Lord grabbed um, for your heart in that moment and they have made you a retreat book I don't know if y'all have taken a peek at it but go ahead and open that up because I want you to follow along and so there's a page that says session one here and there's a few fill in the blanks And I'll kind of tell you when we get to those fill in the blanks so you can do that, okay? But then there's also a page for notes. And then after we speak tonight, you guys are going to get some table time. So then y'all can do the reflection questions. But one of the things I wanted to note is there's going to be a lot that I say when I prepare a lesson. One of the things that I do when I script it out is I always put the scripture verse in my lesson. And the reason why I do that is because it's very, very important to me if I say anything to make sure that it's backed up with the word of God. And so as I was like looking over my lesson and thinking about I had sent them already the outline, I was like, I want them to have the scripture to go back to to reference. And it's so many that you might not be able to jot down. So what they did is they quickly added, if you'll see under the reflection questions is all the scripture verses. 
So whether I actually read it tonight or tomorrow or, or not even reference it, if it's something that I've said, you can know that there's going to be a scripture here that you can go back and refer to and be able to, to trust that this is from the Lord. Okay, so feeling okay? Everybody got their pens out, Bibles open. I'm going to tell you the scripture in just a minute. Session one. Um, okay. Let me just pray one more time for us. Lord, thank you so much for this evening. Lord, thank you for these ladies and just, um, Lord, getting us here today. This is such an honor to be able to gather despite what's happening, um, Lord, in the world around us. Lord, I just pray that the ladies, they have come tonight with lots of sins, lots of different ways, Lord, that they are uh, walking through this um, Lord, the, the way our, our situations, our trials, our hardships, I don't know what each of them are coming with tonight, but you do. And so, Lord, I just pray that they, um, Lord, that you'll just open up their heart, their ears to hear, Lord, and their eyes to see your word. Lord, I pray that you speak to each of them, specifically through your word tonight. Lord, my prayer, you know I have been coming to you daily for these ladies, that they will walk out of this building tonight different. Lord, they will be able to walk through these new orders differently because of the word that you have for them. So, Lord, I pray that you reveal that to them now. And we ask this in your son's name. Amen. All right. So, refresh is the conference topic. And your scripture verse is Jeremiah 31, 25. I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. So as Julie and the team gave me the scripture verse, I went to the Lord and what does that look like? What does refresh even mean? So I got out the dictionary, a good way to start, why not, right? And said, what does this look like? So here's the definition for refresh. To restore strength, revive, it has in there. To freshen up, renovate. It says to maintain, maintain by renewing supply, replenish to update, renew, on the women's banner, that's good, and I got all excited about these R names, ooh, there's so many R names, this is fun, a lot of action verbs, sounds really awesome to, to uh, maybe do something catchy there, I love acronyms, my husband hates acronyms, but I love acronyms, anybody with me, it's so fun, it's good to memorize, but we're going to stick with refresh, and I love the part where it says to restore strength, I was like, that's, that's what we need with a year like this. Okay, Lord, what does it look like for my strength to be restored in you? And that's where we get our first fill in the blank, refreshed by, the, by God the Father. So put refreshed. Refreshed by God the Father is what we're going to be talking about this evening. And as we do that, we're going to actually go to a scripture passage that we're going to be walking through the attributes of God, his incommunicable attributes to be specific. And I know as I was thinking about just your place with the Lord, and a lot of times there's women that might know these already, and so I was like, oh, Lord, how do I give them something new? But as I continue to go to it, and studying even things that I already knew that he had revealed to me, it provides refreshment. 
when we are reminded of who our God is, what greater place to be in awe of him? So tonight, as you know these truths, it's not for you just to have head knowledge, but how does this actually impact you to live differently? So as we go through this, that's my goal. So listen to that. Not just know this particular attribute about God, but how does this actually impact me to live differently? Think of like a sponge soaking up the water, but the goal is to squeeze it out in the way that you live and into others. So really quick, just in case you don't know the difference, God has attributes that's incommunicable. If you want to write that down, it's I-N-C-O-M-M-U-N-I-C-A-B-L-E. I-N-C-O-M-M-U-N-I-C-A-B-L-E. Now, these are attributes that are about God that's very distinct to him. These are attributes about him that we do not have. This, these attributes actually make him distinct from his creation. We are finite creatures with limits and bounds, and he's infinite without limits and bounds incommunicable attributes which then the opposite would be communicable attributes these are characteristics that are available to us through the redemption of christ they're qualities that we have that are being matured in christ likeness so examples of that would be god is love and we're able to love and god is merciful and we're able to extend mercy um and so therefore you can, you can understand the difference. Attributes like love and mercy that we actually have that's communicable, incommunicable. What we're looking at tonight are attributes that are specific to God. All right, let's turn to our Bibles to Isaiah 40, 28 through 29 is what we're going to read tonight. Isaiah 40, 28 through 29. Isaiah 40, 28 through 29. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. So our first attribute here is God is everlasting. That's what you want to write in the red. God is everlasting. Specific what the scripture says. The Lord is the everlasting God. Everlasting means forever, always, continuous existence. Perpetual, continuing forever, for all time. This brings us to the actual attribute of eternal. That's where you can put in the black with the equal sign god is eternal that means he has no beginning or end there was never a time that he did not exist nor will there ever be a time that he ceases to exist he has always existed and will always exist he is timeless 
Psalms 92 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. This truth impacts us today, tomorrow, and forevermore. It meets us where we are, and it gives us assurance in today and for our future. Think about this. When you read that the Lord is the everlasting God, how does that impact you? How does that restore your strength? Well, it gives us assurance because we realize that all of God's promises are forever. Not based on anything of the world. Forever isn't set in our limited time, but forever is set in his limitless time. So tie that to the promises. God's love, everlasting. God's goodness, everlasting. God's comfort, everlasting. God's protection, everlasting. God's peace, everlasting. God's joy, everlasting. God's justice, everlasting. God's faithfulness, everlasting. God's graciousness, everlasting. God's wisdom, everlasting. And I could go on and on. We can never get tired or know enough about our God. He is eternal, no beginning or end. Ladies, as we see that things are wasting away here in the world, that they're changing, they're unstable, they're uncertain, they're untrustworthy, they're unpredictable, you can rest in knowing that God is none of these things. He's eternal. He's unchanging. He's stable. He's limitless. He's without bounds. He is eternal. The Lord is our everlasting God. That was from one part of the scripture verse tonight. And the truth that you see in the green is God's promises gives us assurance. God's promises gives us assurance. They are forever. Point number two, as we keep reading the scripture back to verse 28, it says, The Lord is the everlasting God the creator of the ends of the earth. So God is the creator. That's number two in red. God is the creator of the ends of the earth. Don't you just love it that I don't have to make points up? What you're literally rewriting is God's word, the truth that he's given you. And we're not even done with the verse. This is only the second part. And we see another attribute that God is creator, which is your black equal sign fill in the blank. And what does it mean that that he's a creator? It means he's the creator of everything. He's the originator and designer of all things. No one created God. He's self-existent. That's another attribute if you want to write that down, self-existent. God is the creator and everything is his. Genesis 1 says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He didn't need us. He's self-sufficient. Another attribute. You can write that down. These are like little bonuses I'm giving you. He's self-sufficient. Think about that, though. That's a hard one to swallow if we really think about it. God doesn't actually need us. 
and yet he created us. He created us in his own image, breathing his own life into man, which means we are more like God than any other created thing. We can reason, choose, love, have emotions, intellect, creativity, communicate, and have fellowship with others. So the fact that you get to have koinonia tonight is because God created you that way. It's not something that we take for granted. It's a gift from the Lord. The gift has given you even this time tonight for the doors to be open. We see David acknowledges God's caring nature as creator when he says in Psalms 8, remember all the scriptures are in your scripture reference, but he says, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? a question mark you care for us in other words the vastness of all creation its might reflecting the power of God's handiwork and yet he cares for us that's God's providence another little bonus thing if you want to write that down as an attribute a song of David in Psalm 65 sings praise to God on how God is involved in his creation for the sake of man it says that he visits the earth and he waters it, enriching it, providing grain, settling its ridges, softening it with showers, and blessing its growth. God supplies the needs of all creation and gives abundant care to his own people. God not only created us, but he cares for us. He provides for us. God's provision. Genesis 22 says, When Abraham is being obedient to God's request of sacrificing his son Isaac, but instead God provides a ram. Have you ever looked at that story in that way? He provided a substitute, and Abraham called the name of that place, The Lord Will Provide. In Hebrew, that's one of God's names, Jehovah Jireh, our creator and provider. Moses also reminded his people that the Lord, that the Lord their God has blessed the work of their hands as they were going through the wilderness for 40 years, yet they lacked nothing during that time. They lacked nothing when there was nothing. So how does that restore your strength? Well, ladies, we can rest that God supplies all that we need. Also, I think it's so refreshing to know that God is not far away, but is a creator that is intimately involved in the details of his creation. Think about that. He's near. He's in the situation that you're in. He knows. He cares. He provides all that you need. He's active, and there's no detail too small. He feeds the, the birds of the air and, and keeps his eye on the sparrow. If God provides for the animals, then how much more would he provide for us? His sovereignty isn't removed from his creation. He created us specifically to be in relationship with him. How does that impact you to live differently? 
Are we too focused on our horizontal of what's happening in front of us that we have lost touch with knowing that God is near, that he is active, that he is supplying the needs, and that no detail is too small, nothing is too large for him either. So that brings us to our truth, that God's provision, fill in the blank, for number two, God's provision fulfills our needs when we need it. Well, we're still in verse 28. After all that, isn't that so good? So rich. And yet he's not done. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. There you go. There's point number three. God does not faint or grow weary. Your point is writing the truth of God's word. Not Shauna's point, but God's truth for you. He does not faint or grow weary. That brings us to the attribute that would be in the black line with the equal sign is this attribute is God's omnipotence. That's O-M-N-I-P-O-T-E-N-T, omnipotent. This means that God is all-powerful. He has unlimited power. Yes, unlimited he does not grow weary. What does weary even mean? To be fatigued, be faint. God has created us with limitations. So we will grow weary and faint. We will. Expect it. But God doesn't. He has unlimited power. I wrote down two points on how we see God's power actually being demonstrated. We see his power demonstrated through creation by controlling everything in it, including the weather. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth. By your great power and by your outstretched arm, nothing is too hard for you. We see God's power demonstrated through doing the impossible. In Ephesians 1, it says, 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparable, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. There is no greater strength, none to compare. He raised Christ from the dead. That's the power that our God has. So how does that benefit you? How do we live differently because of that truth? Well, back to um, Isaiah in verse 29 because we've been in only one verse 28 this whole time, and now verse 29, it actually says, God gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases the strength. 
So God gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. God is also the giver of power. He's the one who increases and renews our strength. I just told you we're limited. He created us limited. We will grow weary. We will go faint. But he doesn't. But yet he gives us strength. Power is not something that we achieve. It's something that's given. A giver is someone who bestows, who grants, who permits, who entrusts, who produces and provides. That is who our God is. And not just giving it out in portions and randomly doing it like it's a lotto, but he gives it in a manner because he's active, he's near, he knows, he is all-powerful. So ladies, when you grow weary, when you've reached your limit, when you're faint, exhausted, fatigued, go to God. Because he gives the strength needed when it's needed. You find rest and comfort in God's power. Because that same power that brought the wrath is the same power that brought the resurrection. And that's the same power that's at work with you. Did you understand that? Amen. I said, tell me some amens. I can't see your faces, but I mean, this blows my mind. The same power that brought the wrath, the same power that brought the resurrection. Ladies, that same power is at work within you. If that doesn't get you fired up in the morning, think about it. But it's a power that is given to believers. You know why that's important? It's because when you're outside of these walls and you're out there being the church, the hands and feet, you should be walking through these types of hardships differently. Your posture, your attitude, your heart, your words. The Lord created you specifically to communicate and the communication and those words should be honoring to him. And it should be filled with his strength, his power, knowing that he is in control. So the truth here is God's power, that's your green fill in the blank, God's power supplies our strength. All right, and wrapping up verse 28 for our point number four. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. That's your point number four in red. God's understanding is unsearchable. So we have two attributes here. I added one, so you only have one fill in the blank but I'm going to give you two. I love to give you these bonus words because you are going to do really well and go study those scriptures and study these words in more detail, right? Yes. Okay. So attribute here is God is in 
incomprehensible. I-N-C-O-M-P-R-E-H-E-N-S-I-B-L-E. God is incomprehensible. We can never fully understand God. God's greatness is beyond searching, beyond discovering. It's too great to be fully known. We see this in the Psalms where it says, Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. It is beyond our ability to fully understand. So therefore, the fact that we actually know God is because he has chosen to reveal himself to us. Have you ever thought about that? Just another gift that he keeps on giving. This allows us to be incredibly grateful that we even know God. And since we'll never know him completely, we're able to delight in learning more and more about him each day. We will never run out of things to learn about. So as you look at the Bible, and it seems intimidating, I get it. But one of the things that provides relief to me is like, I'm not going to know any, everything anyway. So Lord, what do you have to teach me about you today? Right now, in this moment. We will never reach a place that we fully know God. So relax. Each day you get to wake up and learn a new thing about God who is your creator, who is everlasting, who is our creator, who is unsearchable, who does not faint or grow weary. So if you leave here and there's things you don't understand, it's not my fault. You're just not meant to know it all. <laughs> What's even cool is a fun fact thinking of when we're in eternity and our glorified state, we're going to actually be in the presence of the Lord and free from the presence of sin. Oh, what a day. But do you know, even in eternity, you will still get to learn more and more about God for all eternity. Think about that. The next attribute is that God is omniscient. That's spelled O-M-N-I- S-C-I-E-N-T. God is omniscient. This means that God is all-knowing and has complete knowledge of everything. God knows us and everything about us. And his knowledge is without limitation. In life, we are limited to the amount of knowledge we know, what we can actually remember, and what we will understand. We will never be able to access every detail of our past, present, or future. Sometimes I like to think of the analogy of like looking out of a telescope, like a peephole. Like we see kind of what's in front of us, but it's in a limited view. And sometimes the Lord allows us to see a little further ahead than some, and sometimes he wants us to see this particular moment of the day. Or have you ever heard of, don't, you can't drive in a car forward looking out of the rearview mirror? Have you ever heard of that before? looking at the past. Think about that. I mean, you might could do it and hit the gas pedal, but who knows what you're going to hit, right? 
it's fun to think of those analogies to remember that sometimes we want to know it all. Like, let's be real. We do. We want to know and understand everything, and when we don't, it can become uncomfortable and uneasy and, quite honestly, create the worry that most of us are anxious about. We want to know, what are you doing? What's your plan? What's up ahead? What's going on? But we need to remember that that God, our God, is all-knowing, and we can rest in that. Our strength is restored in that. Because we know he's going to let us know what we need to know, and he's going to supply what we need when we need it. You hear the truth he's revealing to you? Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. You don't have to worry. You don't have to try to figure it out. We have a relationship with a God who knows it all. Have you ever thought about really how ignorant that is? That we try to figure everything out and to know it all when really we have someone who already does? The fact that we would even try to lean on our understanding doesn't make sense. So relax and know that you can go to the Lord and he will reveal what you need to know when you need it. And guess what? He has a plan. And it says his plan is good. And it's going to be always better than ours. If you keep reading, Proverbs 7 actually says, Be not wise, Proverbs 3, so we read 5 and 6, and then verse 7 says, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones so how are we refreshed how is our strength restored when you trust in the Lord the all knowing God you trust in God when you don't worry about things you don't need to know about God created us with limitations for a reason We can rest in the fact that God has revealed in his word all the things we absolutely need to know. So rest in his wisdom. Rest in his character. Rest in his plan. You rest not because you know, but because you have a relationship with the one who knows it all. Let's write that down. You rest not because you know, but because you have a relationship with the one who knows it all. You rest not because you know, but because you have a relationship with the one who knows it all. So your truth is God's plan offers us wisdom. God's plan offers us wisdom. And we got all that from just two short scripture verses. (laughs) Isn't that incredible? So good. So good. 
But our fifth point tonight, I want to go a little bit further down. So flip your page to Isaiah 41.10. And as Isaiah 41.10 reads, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So your point number five is God is present and active. God is present and active. We see in this short scripture verse, again, one scripture verse, Isaiah 41.10, we see God gives us four promises. And guess what? I'm not going to get creative here. I'm just going to read the truth of his word. I'm just going to tell you what he says, all right? So here's his promise. One, I'm with you. Two, I will strengthen you. Three, I will help you. And four, I will uphold you. Sometimes we can even memorize a scripture like this, but it not truly take root in a way that it impacts us to live differently. We just learned all these things about God, all these attributes that are about him that's not about us, but all these attributes, these incommunicable attributes, are ones that changes the way that we live because we realize that who he is and who we are. And then he doesn't stop there. He gives us four promises here. I am with you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. So when we are fearful, dismayed, or feel alone, God says, I am with you. I am your God. So when you read the words, I am with you, what incommunicable attribute is that about God? It's he's omnipresent. O-M-N-I-P-R-E-S-E-N-T. God is omnipresent. When you read a scripture verse, these four little words saying, I am with you. Don't breeze over that. Stop and sit and meditate on what that promise is saying. That means that God is always present everywhere with the fullness of who he is. God is with us always through the end of the ages. What a great comfort to know that we can rest in knowing that we are never alone. I know it feels that way sometimes. I know. I know there's lots of grieving and things that we walk through here in this world. But when you read this promise, four words, I know that we can breeze right over the statement of saying, I am with you. But ladies, think about those four words and what that really said is God is present. He is active. He is near. He is here. You aren't alone. He is with you. But he doesn't stop there. Not only is he with you, but when you're weak, exhausted, feeling inadequate, and trust me, I felt that quite a few times as I was preparing for you, God says, I will strengthen you. 
when we are lacking in need of anything, anything, God says, I will help you. When we feel threatened, opposed, beaten, or knocked down, God says, I will uphold you. This restores our strength because we don't have to fear that God, because God is with us. And when I say God is with us, think about what we just learned. God who is everlasting. God who is our creator. God who does not grow faint or grow weary. God who is the giver of strength. God whose understanding is unsearchable. God who is present and active. Our strength is restored in him. We can rest in him. We are refreshed in him. So your last point there is God's presence brings comfort. God's presence brings comfort. As I was talking to the ladies on the retreat team and they were kind of filling me in on like past conferences that you've attended and one of my sisters, Laura, had taught you uh, ladies previously before and I didn't get to listen to her message but one of my understandings is it was about fearless and even if these types of things happen. And I thought about that, and as we were kind of praying and thinking through what the new title of the retreat would be and what scripture verse the ladies were going to land on, I, I kept coming back to the to thought process of, you know, as a biblical counselor, I, can, I work with ladies all the time in this what-if statement. What if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? And those what-ifs are, um, they're legit. Some of these what-ifs could actually happen. But it creates an anxiousness, right? A worry that we tend to have and that can almost bring that fear about. And so as a counselor, we can try to replace that what-if with an even-if. Well, okay, what if that happened? Well, even if that happens, this is what we know to be true, right? And it helps eliminate that worry. So if you have her past notes, I encourage you to go back and, and read what she taught y'all last year and be reminded, and I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be of great value to what you're going through. But when I was thinking about that's a what-if scenario of what if this has happened, I think from the state of what's going on in our year, we're like, it's, it's a reality. A lot of these what-if statements is literally our present reality of what's going on. And so to me, my heart cry was, but God, with a big question mark. You feel me? But, but God, these fires are so disheartening. They're destroying so much. But God, this rioting is so violent and cruel. But God, I'm so lonely. I haven't been able to see my friends all year long. But God, I lost my home, my job, my loved one. But God, why did I have another miscarriage? Will I ever have a baby? But God, how much longer do I have to wait? But God, I have no money. I'm so in debt. But God, my my husband doesn't even know I exist. And this other man like seems like he cares about me. But 
God, I can't believe that they did that. I'm so disappointed. I feel so betrayed. But God, why are they speaking against me? They're, they're lying and cheating. I hate all this conflict. But God, my, my kid grew up in church. Why don't they believe? Will they ever believe? Why are their hearts so hard? This isn't what I was praying for. But God, why do my kids and my family keep making these bad choices? They keep sleeping around. They just had another abortion. Will they ever quit doing drugs? But God, they keep drinking so much. This is dangerous. I'm scared for them. But God, do I really have to wear this face mask? But God, aren't there better candidates for president? I slipped that one in. But God, drugs are becoming legal? What's next? But God, I can't stop crying. What's wrong with me? But God, I'm so overwhelmed with fear. I'm so anxious. I just don't even want to get out of bed. But God, this chronic pain, will I like ever be healed? What is your butt, God? What is your but God question mark? What's going on in, in your heart right now? In your life, in your circumstance? Can you let that sit? Actually take a minute to consider this for real. What is your but God question mark? These questions are a reality for some of us, or maybe even someone we know. These realities are hard, they're emotional, and they're hard to walk in. So hard. But when it turns into despair is when we start to believe that God doesn't care, that he doesn't hear us, that nothing will ever change. We stop caring, we stop praying, and we quite honestly might give up. But we cannot lose sight of who God is. Failure to do so can cause us to create our own, chase after, or worship false gods contrary to his will. And this is not okay. We must remember and know who God is. Do not take this lesson home and stick it in a basket on the corner. This truth is too important and too vital for you to not consider, to pray over. To remember that you can bring your situations and your emotions and your questions and your doubt to God. Sister, how do we turn our but God question mark into a but God exclamation mark? We've got to renew our thinking. Take that but God question mark that I just asked you, and you might actually think of another one as you leave here tonight or even tomorrow or next week something new might happen, and you're in that moment where you're like, but God, 
Why? And here's what I want you to remember. But God, there is simply no panic in heaven. But God, you are never anxious. But God, there is no confusion in the Trinity. But God, you never worry about what is going to happen. You never stress over things on how they're going to turn out. But God, you are never surprised. You are never caught off guard. But God, there is no situation that overwhelms you. But God, you never fail. But God, you never make a promise that you don't keep. But God, you always know what's next. But God, you never contradict yourself. But God, you are faithful. But God, you are in control and sovereign over all of this. But God, you are all powerful, absolutely perfect in every way. But God, you are all powerful. You are faithful to every word. You are the definition of love. But God, you are righteous. But God, you are just. But God, you are tender. God, you are patient all the time. But God, you are not dismayed or distracted by my panic or my doubt or my questions. But God, you are my refuge, my shelter, my portion. You are a sovereign God who is caring and loving, who is near to me, who wants to offer comfort, love, forgiveness, protection, and provision. God, your promises give us insurance. God, your promises give us assurance. God, your provision fulfills our needs when we need it. God, your power supplies my strength. God, your plan offers me wisdom. God, your presence provides me comfort. Take your butt, God, to butt, God. Like, sit in that for a minute. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases the strength. Fear not, for I am with you. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. So as Michelle comes up now and we go to worship together, I want you to take this time to worship. Maybe sit in your seats with a posture of taking your but God question mark to a but God exclamation mark.